This is episode number 18 with business magic alchemist, Kezia Lee. Hello, beautiful human. Welcome to Grow With Ryan Magic, where each week I have open and honest conversations exploring different ways for you to grow. I'm a speaker, an entrepreneur, and a self-confessed growth junkie. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. I really am pumped. So let's get into it. Kezia Lee is a speaker, media personality, and badass mentor who works with entrepreneurs to amplify their business and their message. She guides entrepreneurs to their why to make sure they're doing business from the right place, and that is alignment. Now, I met Kezia two years ago at an event. We went through a radical transformation that was super vulnerable, super intimate together. And since that point, I've seen Kezia absolutely explode with her brand and her business, building her dreams from scratch, essentially. Because what happened with Kezia was a few years ago, she had a successful hair salon. Her dream had come true. And she literally shut the doors and gave herself permission to have a whole year to figure out her path. And I think that's such a courageous step. And there's so much you can learn from this radically authentic woman. Not just radical authenticity, but you're also going to learn how to bring awareness to your drivers, bring alignment to your business, surrender control, let go of attachment to your identity, how to create more flow in your business, to love all parts of yourself, how to create a mindset of abundance, heal the relationship you have with your parents, amplify your voice and message, and so much more with Kezia. She is so courageous and puts herself out there, all of herself out there, cries and breaks down on Facebook Lives, puts uh, photos up of her uh, in her underwear for the world to see who she really is at that real raw stage. And it's really phenomenal. So as you're going through the interview, when you, you have a part that strikes a chord for you, send it on to someone that you think would benefit from it. Just copy and paste the link. It takes two seconds and it makes someone else's day. And I really appreciate it when people do that to share the podcast. It means the world to me. And I love it when people reach out to me as well. So Send us a message on Insta if you never have connected before. It always means the world. All you need to go to is The Ryan Magic and make sure that if you send this episode out there, you tag myself and Kezia in it. And have an absolute blast in this. It was super fun. Uh, we enjoyed it massively. So without further ado, let's dive in with the one and only Kezia Lee. So welcome to the Grow with Ryan Magic show. Today, I'm here with the gorgeous, beautiful, amazing, radically authentic Kezia Lee. And I'm super excited for this absolute weapon to be joining me today uh, <laughs> to talk all things radical authenticity, business growth, transformation, leaning into fulfillment, so many cool topics we're going to go through. And one thing that came to to mind it, when we're doing that uh, eye gaze, nothing suspicious was pleasure. Mm. And because I do an eye gaze and some intention setting with every guest before we come on. And just because we were just like really relaxed and we're breathing and I could feel that uh, the tantric vibes to a certain mm. degree. And I've been doing a lot of tantric work recently. And I know you did a post recently that said pleasure is just like the most important thing to, I think it was manifesting or to creating what you want in life or it's the yeah. quality of your life. Talk yeah. to me about pleasure to kick yourself and we've got heaps of things we're going to talk about. Here. I love it. I love it. Oh, you know, I, I work with a lot of women and one of the biggest things that I see is that women really struggle to ask for what they want. Mm. 
And it's this, you know, I feel there's like huge society, collective stuff going on right now. And there's this like people pleaser, martyr complex. And it's in men as well, but that that it's it's dying. And mm. so I love to, you know, pleasure is to me like, you know, one of my, have you ever done Gene Keys? No, I don't even know what oh that is. Oh my gosh. I'll send you the website. You can do your free profile and it will basically. Okay, cool. Profiling. Yeah. It will give you like your life purpose, what you're here to do. And it's a whole, it's, it's what a is kind it of called? Gene, J-E-N-E. Oh, Gene Keys. Gene Keys. Yeah, it could be accent. Yeah, it's your And basically, you get a free profile and basically my life's work is to is to make people laugh and make people to cry and to show them the deliciousness of how beautiful this life can be. It's a great word, delicious. Yeah, and delicious. it summarizes so. you pretty well. You <laughs> and you embody Yay. deliciousness. And you know Yay! what? I've already laughed a bunch since we've, we've been on and I really felt that, those joy vibes. But also when we're doing that eye, eye gaze, sadness mm. came up for me. Mm. And I think that what it was is because I was remembering back to when we met at the workshop that we were attending and, and I was thinking back to like where I was at at that kind of point in my life. And it was really sad because mm. I, I did go through a really tough year, 18 month period where I was feeling really trapped and confused and I was kind of halfway between one version of myself and the next kind of iteration of who I am. And it was a really sad time. And I, I don't think I've ever really given myself full permission to go, wow, it's actually been a really, it's been a tough time for me. And so compassion came up and you, you instigated that just with your, you know, with your natural authenticity. So that's really mm. interesting that both mm. of those things are, I felt to be true already in our little chat so far. Mm. And like, and, and the correlation, you know, what um, joy for me is like, and is finding joy in the sadness. Can you give any examples of like how you how you personally can get yourself to do it when everything in your body is just like wants to hold on to that pain body? It's just like it's been a deep, you know, I work with a lot of people around the emotions in the body and just mm. surrendering, especially with the feminine. It's like it is just to truly just surrender and be receptive. Mm. And so, you know, the more you know, breath, sound, movement, somatic release that I've done, it's like I know that I can be in a heat on the floor in so much pain, but it's just like just I've just created and developed, you know, and through like ayahuasca and, and so many different modalities, just like, oh, I can I can feel the joy in this, mm. even though it's so painful. Kind of like being spanked. <laughs> exactly <laughs> like that. <laughs> it's like spanking in the real world, like processing emotion. Yeah, well, because so it, yeah. it's like it's like oh well, I know it's uh, we we have such a disassociation that pain is bad. Mm. Where I actually think pain is so fucking beautiful. Mm. I love that. Yeah, you know, I just I see the beauty in it and the joy in it. I'm just like oh, the humanness to just be your fucking mess on the floor. Yeah, and I th I think. The, what makes it ultra beautiful is the fact that it is a little bit rare now. Like it makes it even more beautiful because for me recently doing a lot of somatic release. And w when we say somatic release, we mean expressing our emotions for whatever is authentically coming up and through, whether that means kind of like flicking emotion off or screaming or crying or punching or kicking or 
shitting or pissing, <laughs> like any like any way that physically things are being released from your body. And for me, like I've been such a tightly wound individual for so many years because I didn't feel, I didn't give myself permission or I was mm. never given permission by the people around me to release stuff out for that to be actually more human than anything else. It was actually seen as like, I, I perceived it to be a weird thing. Like <clears throat> if I'm just a cry, like crying's weird or screaming especially. And I actually was living with my best friend and his partner in this place. Uh, we stayed together for probably four or five months from the start of this year and we're locked together through COVID. And the amount of like emotional release that was happening in the house, I'd just be downstairs chilling on my laptop and I'd just hear, ah! <laughs> from the room upstairs. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And I go up there and he's like, oh man, I'm just releasing some anger. Or he'd be yelling at his, uh, at his partner, my other friend, Kara. And it was like actually honored and seen as a healthy thing. And it was seen as mm. weird not to do that. Yeah. That's I love different. It's right? <laughs> a household I want to fucking like, all right, well, that's, these are the households that I want us to grow up in, that it's just normal. Yeah. Or I want our children to grow up in. Yeah. And you saying that actually triggered for me. Maybe that's why I don't think it's normal because there was a lot of yelling in my house, but it wasn't healthy. <clears throat> it was a lot of projection and it was just screaming, volatile hatred, screaming, just projecting yeah. of insecurities, massively <clears throat> abuse. And so when I think of aggression, I think of mm-hmm. bad. That's like the subconscious programming or whatever. That's like what my mind has kind of decided that radical, authentic expression means, but not but it's not really done healthily. And so I think it's all thrown mm. in the same basket. Like if you saw a man screaming in the street, you'd be like, he's a psycho. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's interesting combo. Mm. Yeah. So talk to us about your, so pleasure for you. Yeah. When you think about your lifestyle day to day, how do you, how do you incorporate pleasure into areas outside the obvious? So like your, so like, Love making Sex. or intimacy <laughs> or kissing or the romantic side. How do you bring pleasure into like your business or other areas of your life? Mm, that's a great question. I mean, I, I have this lens. You probably find this fascinating, but everything in my life has to fit in through the lens of how this is going to serve my mission and my vision. Even my partnership is like, he's a business deal. <laughs> <laughs> So like I find <laughs> I find pleasure in like just even creating structures in my business. Sure. So like even um, there's a, a testing I did called PH360. It's like a genetic testing. So weird. I'm doing that test today. I've done it before, but I just happened to be doing it today. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> what the hell? And so I'm a diplomat and diplomats need to find pleasure in their workouts. Okay. So I'm very driven off feeling good. And I'm a manifesting <coughs> generator as well. Have you done human design? I'm just fucking obsessed with this shit. Yeah, I know. Give me a survey. <laughs> <laughs> so am I though. I freaking love it. I love empowerment. I love all things personal development. It's like my, I get off on that as well. Have you done human design? No, I haven't done human design. Oh my gosh. You have to get a rating. Like I, I mean, like- I don't tell anyone they have to do anything, but I literally all and my one on me, I have to do it. Yeah. All my one-on-one clients, before I even coach them, I do a human design, get get a human design reading done with them. Amazing. Another guest recommended that 
last week actually um and i still haven't done it because you need to know your birth date to the uh birth time to the second is that right yeah roughly they can as long as it's like there's like different time frames it might be like five hours so if your parents kind of know roughly when you're born or if it's not on your birth certificate you can find it out yeah yeah cool Okay, so with your human design, for you, you know that uh, finding pleasure and, and ex- feeling good is like a really important part for you to be productive and effective and keep yeah. showing up. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's almost like that's how I, if it's not pleasurable, I won't do it. Yeah, that's such a great self-awareness. So yeah. when you were doing your last business thing, because this is a question I want to ask on the podcast at some point, you were running a successful hair salon. Yeah. And it it was successful, right? Like it was going well. Successful, yeah. Yeah, no, it yeah. was. Well, you, you, know, you it would was... have spent a lot of effort building this thing up, right? And getting it seven, to... seven, seven years. I had like 10 wow. employees. Um, yeah. Yeah, wow. And then you got to a point where you're like, okay, cool. It doesn't like, were there parts on that journey where you were going against what your natural kind of flow was, where you were, where it wasn't pleasurable, but you kept doing it? Yeah, for sure. I had it was it was so in my identity. My whole mm. world like, you know, from, you know, 22 when I bought my business to 29, it was like that was my identity. That was where my worthiness slide. That's where my I'm going to buy a business and my I hope my dad gives me validation for being successful and I hope that I'll get love mm. because I'm not good at other things <laughs> or or, you know, like okay, I'll show you you know, that yeah. was my big running thing. And it still yeah. is. I'll show yeah. you one. <laughs> so fucking courageous to say what you said about the fact that this is where your self-worth lied because very few successful entrepreneurs will be, be able to admit that. Very mm. few entrepreneurs that haven't started doing the deep work. And I speak with a lot of these dudes like running my program where I work with successful entrepreneurs that, ha- that they've all got their identity massively wrapped up in it, as do I. I'm just aware of it and most people aren't. And when they haven't yet bridged that gap of awareness to be able to go, oh, no, this is actually why I'm driven this way. This is where my self-worth lies. I am conditionally loving myself right now. Before that happens, it's very difficult to be able to admit that and let it go. And, yeah, it's crazy. I feel like I feel like you are about to step into. We don't talk about you right now, but I feel like right. you're about to step into, like you have done you know, like, and what you've already been through up until now, like you are really going to be a pillar for men, I feel like, and your work of like, you know, the masculine side, you know, the doing, you know how to create business so you can appeal to them, but actually you're going to fucking fully open their consciousness and bring these men into like just next level being. And there's still, I feel like there's still some like, you know, and this conversation is perfect because yeah. you're like, you're, you're doing this right now and you're, yes. you're nearly in your set in return. So 29, so it's yes. like, you're about the next few years are going to be fucking huge for you and your growth. Like, awesome. Exciting to hear. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, Massive. I'm getting a transmission. I got to share it. <laughs> yeah. I really feel it as well. Like exactly how you described it, kind of like in the opening phase. Like it, I feel like I'm opening. That's where the process that I'm at, which is exciting, mm-hmm. scary, anxiety, blah, 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 <laughs> lots of shit coming up, which is fun. <laughs> That's what I asked. Yay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Probably could find more pleasure in it. <laughs> <laughs> you're probably a crusader and dip in ph360 yes. so crusaders like i'm so purpose driven so you really struggle yeah. to get out of your mind yeah crusaders are like the you know 
victory (laughs) and i feel like that's that's uh, i think i was crusader and what's the other one that's like the energizer or the one activator uh activator yeah you could be on the cuff yeah i think i was both of them but i'm not sure if i'm as much activator which is like go 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 do 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 i kind of feel like i've like i don't think i can do that now and maybe that's because i'm Mm -hmm. still integrating from a little bit of burnout still maybe Mm. it still is me but i'm just can't do it right now um but i'd be interested to see when i do the test today i'll flick you my results and tell you yeah Um, yeah cool yeah thanks for mentioning that you said something (laughs) when you were talking (laughs) about yeah (laughs) you said something uh when you were talking about what the business gave you before Mm. and you mentioned uh that it gave you self-worth came from it and you said that it also was like the proof, proof, proof piece. And you said, and it kind of still is a little bit. And this is what I love so much about you. And this is one thing that I struggle with massively. And when we we're at the Preston and Alexi event, this epitomized where I was at, which was mm-hmm. I'd, I'd realized that I was growing from a place of insecurity and, and that that was my ego personality. And I'd realized that before I went to the event. Then I went into the event, but I hadn't yet really owned who i was and mm-hmm. so i was feeling because it because what that did was it it unearthed and exposed my lack of unconditional self-worth within myself mm-hmm. but i was aware that i was growing from insecurity and that i was trying to prove myself and and what i did was i started to shame that part of myself and so i was actually like the insecurity was saying that's bad who you are you need to change that and so I was shaming um, instead of taming and actually being like, okay, cool. At what point is this like naming and taming is what I kind of usually say. Like I can name it and then tame it only when that part of me that is kind of like my unique personality and whatever is becoming unhealthy and I'm suffering because of it. That's the only time mm. it needs to be reeled in, so to speak, if it's being destructive to my own kind of sense of fulfillment. Not, hey, you're broken and you need to be changed or what the hell, you were growing from insecurity, like shame, shame, shame. And I feel like with you, one thing that I respect and admire and love so much is that you are so aware and you name who you are and you embrace who you are and you have that radical authenticity and to say, this is who I am. And you drop little things that people would be thinking like, I love seeking attention this is who I am. That's just who I am. And then as soon as you, cause you're aware of that and you've named it and you're just like living in your radical authenticity, you know, that's, that's like true fullness in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to know any tips that you could give people around like how, and, and also just like some real tangible visceral examples of telling the story of what it really looked like to get to that place. Cause when I met you, you're in a similar place where you're a little bit confused as to you were in your shell a little bit and then you kind of started to blossom. And like what you were talking about with me opening at the moment was kind of where you were then. How did that legitimately look with that opening process mm. and that learning to love all of you? Mm, great question. I think, you know, Bridge and Extreme where we met was such a like – there really was a before bridge and after bridge. You know, I've done a lot of work, hyphen work, but that workshop really highlighted the stuff that I hadn't, you know, yet seen. Mm. And what was that? What hadn't you seen? 
Um, I was running um, the biggest mask of was the, the, the looking good mask, the, 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 the perfect mask, the trying to have it all together mask, mm-hmm. you know, and that was really, it was costing me, you know, and especially since I was in high school, I, I, had, I had experienced bullying and I experienced not enoughness and I would experienced being too bright or people not accepting me. It was like, I dulled myself down so much, I feel like, to to fit in with other people. Mm. And, you know, I kept getting tested. Like every time that I stepped into my success or my fullness, people would pull away or people would project their shit at me. So it's, mm. the universe was like, no, you can't be like that. You can't be like that. You can't be like that. Mm. And so from that, that workshop nearly two years ago, you know, after selling my business, which was a few months before that workshop, it's just been, you know, I've kind of just said, I'm going all in. And what that looked like for me is, you know, even when I left my business, I didn't have, I sold my salon. Like I had no plan. I literally was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like mm. everyone kept asking me. I was like, I have no clue. I'm like, I just want to be in the discovery. Mm. So like I gave myself permission for a year. Like I didn't create income in my business for one year to just play and see. Mm who I am. So it was like, I was prepared to face off with all of my shit and find out like who I was based on this. Do ayahuasca, do all the plant medicines, do all the things to, to really uncover. And that then, you know, and do all these profiling tools. Like one of the reasons I love these profiling tools, because for me, knowing that I'm a manifesting generator in human design means that I actually, you know, even with my content, I work well, I get ideas from, from responding to people. Yes. So when I sell, I don't create, I don't initiate. I literally go, oh, this person has a problem. I'm going to create a program for it. Yes. Or I feed off the energy. Yes. Like I actually do. It doesn't all, it's not all within me. I need other people to fuel my energy. Yeah. That's resonating massively because I'm very similar. I work so well in Q&A environments or conversational. That's is why I love doing this podcast. But, but I feel like it's cool that I can be like, yes, 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 because it's so similar to me. But someone else will be like, oh, I hate that. Like, that's the opposite to the way that I work for me. And that's where, like, understanding yourself and knowing yourself, like OG Gary V talks about, like, self-awareness. And I kind of always, for me personally, because of my the, the lower self-worth, forced myself. It's like one of the masculine archetypes, the warrior, one of the shadow Kind of versions of that warrior is the masochist, which is like enjoying, like actually enjoying pain being put mm-hmm. on you and, and gaining sexual gratification from it. But you know, like a minor, a, a more subtle way, it's just like self sabotage or things having to be hard to get results. And so I would always point out my weaknesses and be like, no, you can't just do your strengths. You got to find where you're weak and you got to improve those areas. So I was like always sabotaging and making it harder for myself. <laughs> Yeah, but when you do these profiling tools, it can feel like so much yes. <laughs> like this is me giving myself permission to do what I actually naturally do with who I am right now. It's natural for me to do a podcast. I don't even feel like it's worth. Sometimes with that same masochistic pattern, I get off a podcast and I'm like, all right, that was fun. Now what am I actually going to do for work? <laughs> it's like, no, this is work. <laughs> it doesn't have to be hard. And that's what I yeah. like. That's, that's just overwhelmingly obvious with what you do. And I think that's the new, it's the new way. A lot of people have, haven't even started this transition, but it's happening where mm. anything that you hate doing, 
um, and and you're doing because society has told you, you know, work is the fact that work is like a negative word in society, societally, like oh, I got to go to work. I mean, that's just such bullshit. It's crazy, eh? And, and like even the word retirement, I'm like, oh, what is even that word? I'm, I'm never going to retire. Like this is my like. Uh, you know, you have to pry me away from, like, I'll be like Tony Robbins with, like, I, you can't even clap properly because I'll be like, <laughs> you know, woo-hoo, I have the sticks. <laughs> the sticks. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my fucking voice, you know. I won't be able to scream anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Because if you didn't get paid at all, you'd still be doing the right, the same thing, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. I what I, I think what I've learned too, and, and you'll know this because you've had the, the, the so-called societal success, you know, we've had people mm. look at us and be like, wow, they've got amazing businesses and they look really shiny and they're really good looking and, and pedestaled the lifestyle that we perceived we had. But mm. you and I both know that that is not representation of happiness. Like Jim Carrey says, I wish everybody got to be rich and famous so they could know that it's not the answer. <laughs> yeah, totally. And, and there's that, unfortunately, I guess it's whatever everyone's evolution, including ours, I, everyone wants to see for themselves when it comes to money doesn't make you happy. Because I heard it yep. a million times, a million uh-huh. fucking times. <laughs> I, every time I was like, oh yeah, sure. <laughs> I just like went on the same journey anyway. Then the moment that I like had that oh fuck and i was like uh you have to see it for yourself you do you gotta learn to listen but but you've got some jim carrey attributes in you in terms of, because i the way that i see jim carrey is he's like he legitimately realizes and this is what i got from doing a mushroom trip that we're choosing this reality and kind of like choosing to have a mushroom trip you're going into a certain space for a period of time to have an experience and this is the way, that, the same way that I see life. It's like we've chosen to be here for a period of time to have an experience. So then it's like realizing that you're a character in that experience. I feel like Jim Carrey really has awareness over the fact that Jim Carrey is a made-up character and therefore he just does things for the fun of it or to take the piss. You can really see that. If, there's this really cool <laughs> video you can watch of him, which is like Jim Carrey uh, award night kind of uh award night compilation and there's many times he's been asked to host different uh you know the the emmy awards or whatever all these different golden globes or do intro speeches for them or to present the award to someone else and he just comes out just taking the complete piss out of all of society kind of the way in the similar way that jp sears does it yeah he just takes the piss out of the way that people do things jim carrey does the exact same thing and you just know he's playing it he's kind of i'm aware that this is kind of like one big fucking game and i'm just gonna play it exactly and and i feel like you also have at least the awareness to know that it doesn't matter that much what you do in the sense of like who gives a fuck if i just say what i'm gonna say and be my authentic self it's this is a game it's it's such a game, yeah. And and that's you know like it, that's when yeah. it comes down to really testing and removing the 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 shackles or the things that you have held. It's like I just I say to my clients, I'm like, you just got to test. Like, what if you just put a program out there and just see what happened? Like, yeah. the thing is, is that you're so attached to the outcome. Yes. Like, you like be okay with rejection. Be okay with all these parts of you that you're not willing to own. Like, 
And then I just keep going, okay, universe, I'm just going to keep testing and like, see, okay, cool. Give me what I want. Here it comes. Like, I'm just, I'm just so open and available. Yes. And our biggest thing for humans is there's the mind, it's control. And mm. we, because our biggest thing is we fear death, that we, our ultimate demise is death. Mm. And so anything that, that keeps us safe is, a, is, is what we cling to. But yeah. ultimately we will perish. Like, and, you know, I don't even, I believe in souls. And so it's like, like the fear that our society and I, and like so much compassion because I get it. So many humans are experiencing this because it's their whole environment is just clouded in this blanket of fear because it's on the news and it's through the parents and it's through their schooling and through their workplace. And I think, you know, we're in a really exciting time of the Corona has, it's really lifted the veil. Like, and people are really having to face off with their own shit. I mean, I think our industry is going to go through the roof because people are going to really experience a lot of breakdowns and yeah, they want to spend their money instead of on the material shit, they want to spend it on stuff that actually helps to heal them. Yeah. Because for me, like when I invest in a coach, which I do all the fucking time, just like doing new stuff, like leaning into new edges because I like the idea of feeling good like that's the most important thing to me so when i invest in something i want to feel good and i realize that most of the transactions that i've made in the past had nothing to do with how good i was going to feel off the back end of that it was yeah. more that control like controlling the identity of the way that i think people perceive me or the way that i think that i should be perceived which is so fucking ridiculous but you gave me a massive breakthrough there actually you gave me a breakthrough because you said that people are so attached to results and it comes back to control and I had a realization in that moment that when I started winning and I started, I think, nine businesses before winning and winning was a business that I grew to multi seven figures, whatever, big team. And that was successful because it hit. But if it didn't hit off the bat, I don't think it would have been successful, meaning mm-hmm. that because I got validation pretty easily after I did it and I could only do like I only launched it with the the uh, agreement in my head that I was okay with it not going to plan for a couple of years. Like that was the kind of negotiation I made with myself. So I wasn't so shackled. I was like, all right, I can run a seminar and it doesn't have to go well. But I don't really feel that if, if that didn't hit and I really struggled with that for a while, uh, I don't think I would have been as resilient. And I think mm-hmm. that's what's coming up for me at the moment because I've got some stretches in the way that I'm showing up with my new business. It's like I'm back at that same stage spiral wise like new person new evolution whatever but i'm going through similar things and i think last time i didn't like there was lots of other things that i worked through but i didn't have the space to work through my attachment and control over the results and so i wasn't just like i wasn't just like whatever i'm just going to do this stuff for fun it was more like you know because i had this saying it's okay to fail and i'm you can fail on a micro or, or a macro scale. And if you're willing to fail on a micro scale, you won't fail on a macro scale. That's not always true. And what I mean by that is like you could fail on a seminar, but you won't fail with your business. Like, but you could fail on your business. You could fail on both. And I think that's what I was most afraid of. And so that mm. learning that I would give people, if, if you're willing to fail on a micro scale, you won't fail on a macro scale. If you're not willing to fail on a micro scale, mm-hmm. then you will fail on a macro. Like you're going to have one of the two failures. You could have both. And if you do, then that's what's meant to happen. You weren't meant to do that business, like see the signs and move on. But I think for me, like I still haven't fully been okay with something not working because of the control. It's still elements of my control that I need to 
and will benefit from just surrendering. So thank you for that realization. That's massive for me. Probably like the fear too of it not working again or like even though it was meant to you know there might be some subconscious patterning of like if I go too big you know there's there's the the risk of it all collapsing and like that the pain they associated with that yeah maybe maybe yeah there's lots of different little dynamics in there (laughs) (laughs) yeah for me it's almost like I don't I, I like setting a really big vision because then it's okay to still be on some point on the journey to it yeah. My, my biggest thing is the fear of failure or the fear, fear of losing control. But if it's like, well, my vision's this big, then if something fails in the short term, it kind of like makes this short term failure okay yeah. in my head because, I'm, because for me, naturally, at this stage of consciousness, like the thing that I'm, I can really feel that I'm about to work with is being okay no matter what. But it's still not that. Even though I've done 500 coaching sessions, being coached 500 <laughs> times, spent over 500K on PD. This is a lifelong journey, but I'm really grateful for that clarity on that next. Yeah, the control. <laughs> <laughs> so what excites you most now? Like if you look at the way that you approach business, mm-hmm. what part of that whole thing do you enjoy the most? Is there something you can be like, I just love doing a live. I love like the expression when I'm doing content or what do you love the most? I love, yeah, I I love, you know, I know you commented on one of my, I did a little dancing video yesterday, but that's what I find. My genius is just being in my expression, you know, like, and my mission now is to unlock 100 million women into their fullest self-expression. Like that's, Everything is through the lens of that. Sounds like a radiant sexual world because if, if, there's, <laughs> no. a, if there's 100 million more women that are radi- <laughs> like expressing themselves fully, that's just going to like shift the whole world because radiance and ex- expression of the feminine is so attractive uh-huh. oh. from a man's perspective. So healing too. Yeah. Yeah. So I expression. Just, yeah. And healing for the masculine as well. I think, you know, yeah, there's so many levels, but I just, I froth like anything, you know, all my, I'm like looking at how I can incorporate now philanthropy into my business. And it's all about like studying, you know, how women have not had their freedom and had not had their, like their voice or choice. You know, so many women end up in domestic violence and, and I want to make clear, there's no part of me that shame men. Like I'm not, I, I love men like so deeply and I have so much space and compassion in my heart for them. And, but it's just not my role in this lifetime to work with men, you know, like yeah. it, the, the woman piece is just so on my heart and, you know, so yeah, I just, I love, I love, so I love being in my expression and, and being on lives and, and, and being in coaching clients and running my group coaching programs and like doing dancing and meditations and just opening them up. And I'm about to run my first event um, called the Fully Self-Expressed Woman. I'm hoping oh, to have a hundred women there. We're going to do you know, booty shaking and transformation and it's going to be really amazing. <laughs> it's going to be so amazing. I'd love also, to, I'd really love to touch on what you said there about, you know, you love working with women you know, you, you see that as your like dharma or calling or purpose in this lifetime. Yeah. So I find it crazy that people even have an opinion on that because <clears throat> I've had that a little bit since I've like been running ads to men. Some people comment going, 
you know, I think you're limiting yourself <laughs> by not working with women. And obviously, I'm a business coach. I've worked with heaps of people. I'm not going to yeah, take yeah. their business strategy on above my own. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just crazy that people mm. almost get offended by the fact that you're choosing to work with someone. It's kind of like you being a, a plumber and then someone comes up to you and is like, you know, there's people who want their houses built too and you're just <laughs> doing the plumbing. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> but it's like it, it gives, it shines light on a, on a bigger society that's plagued by fear. I feel like everyone deep down wants just to be radically authentic and there's that, that like invisible to most people yearning to just radically authentically express. But then there's so much fear around it that when someone does it, it's almost like, ah, and then it's like, mm-hmm. I want to point the finger at that. And it's just like around the like racism, like sexism, and just like all these kind of calls that people make. Because I can totally see that things have been imbalanced in the way that, and I, in the way that men see women or society sees women, it's just like, and it's like now that's still a lot of it. But even if you go twenty years back, it was way more prevalent. Another twenty years back, way more prevalent, and it was just mm-hmm. normalized. But for me, like I've got, like I judge women's bodies because I grew up watching porn, <laughs> and everyone that I know grew up watching porn. And so mm-hmm. it's like, I've got massive empathy for myself because it's like, I don't want to have that. <laughs> you know, it's, not like, it's not like people want to have these stretch, these stretch yeah. points or these judgments, but a lot of them just come from the way that society has, has been. And so it's an awareness thing that's going to help heal it. Well, cause, and because even if you, uh, you know, like even if you have the awareness and this is the piece, like I know we talked about earlier, you're like, I can own the parts of myself because like, we never fully heal. Like, you know, it's like we can do all this work and there's no like place to get to. Mm. So the, the awareness is the healthy part. And for me, like re- releasing shame is one of the biggest things I like to work with people because it's like, I can, I can, I know that my upbringing in my life has, you know, my ego is my fucking best friend. I'm like, I actually love my ego. She's a real bitch and she likes, says it how it is. And she loves to have fun and she loves money and she loves, you know, and so it's like these parts of ourselves, like we just get to, because we can't just heal them. And then for you, it's like the subconscious is like society is showing us images of people all the time, Mm. you know? So of course we're just constantly being inducted into it without even knowing it's like fully, it's intense. Yeah. So I think like that, because that removing of shame, I did like, and the exercises of releasing shame. Like when we're at the event, I did shame releasing exercises where it's like, this is something that I'm really ashamed of and I'm going to speak it and free myself from the shackles that that shame had on me. And then I did a shame release activity, but then like I still held shame in so many different ways because it was an unconscious, just lack of ultimate, like unconditional self-worth at a deep Mm. level. And so it's like, you can do a shame release and still like shame yourself on the daily. And I hear it like, it's so a really random example for me is whenever I played sport and this is just my, my best friend used to call me on this all the time and I didn't even realize I did it or was a problem, but we just be playing tennis and I grew up playing heaps of sport. And I just, if I ever hit the ball into the net, I'd be like, Oh, sorry. And it's like, (laughs) What? Well, I <laughs> like back, and I said it every time, <laughs> yeah, yeah. every time, as if like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm like dampening our experience because I hit into the app, and this is like my math, like massive pleaser codes. Sorry, as if like me hitting into the net was something that I should feel a subtle element of shame for. <laughs> it's like, what? 
how fucking crazy is that? And these are the dudes that I love working with the most because it's been my experience and my kind of shit to work through is the nice dudes that are the pleasers. Mm. And like the niceness and being like having an open heart is is a beautiful attribute, but a lot, a lot of the time it's fake and boils resentment internally because you're not actually expressing what you really feel. And it's an innate, deep sense of lack of self-worth that's causing that need to like, like me, like me, like me, see me as a nice person. And, and I've got massive pleaser codes. And now if I look back at that, I'm like, whoa, I can't believe I would apologize for hitting the ball into the net. That's just a fucking joke. But it's still like, that's, mm-hmm. that's shame. It's like almost ashamed for being alive. And so many people feel like they should apologize for the, the space they take up in the world. Oh, yeah. it's crazy. So yeah. Did- and so did you hear, do you hear it a lot with men? Because, you know, obviously you work with a lot more men. And so there's pleaser codes, the sorry. Like, do you feel like, where do you think men are at right now in terms of like the collective and, and like what they're moving through and what are common threads that you're seeing? Um, I would say that I, I work mainly with one type of man, which is okay. the achiever kind of man. And with these guys, I see just like a, like a, a really t- tight way of being. There's like just so much control and there's an inability to surrender. And it's almost like, it's, it's crazy. There's this book called The Five uh, Regrets of the Dying. I'm not sure whether you've heard of it, but I've I, it yeah, Bronnie Ware, which is a palliative care nurse, nurse that talks about, you know, when people actually got to the end of their life, these are the trends I saw and what they actually regretted. But there's a lot of men that have kind of jumped on this bandwagon around entrepreneurship and this mm-hmm. idea that you should get to the end of your life and just have given every last breath. And it's like... <laughs> And, and I legitimately thought, and, and people still talk about it. There's like, still like Tom Bailey, Gary V will talk and, and people say it all the time still. It's not like full awareness on this, that, you know, when I get, I believe that when I get to the end of my life, I'm going to walk up and meet the, the man that I could have become. And it's like, <laughs> I'm sorry, that's just fucking ridiculous because then people are striving. Like they believe that they need to give every single ounce yeah. of energy towards achieving more when the five main regrets that have been like clearly documented by someone that's seen thousands of people on their deathbed is that number one, you're living a life that others expect of you, not what's authentic to you, which is an innately what these guys are doing. Like I need to get to the end of my life because I want to appease these like thought leaders that I look up to and stuff like that. Or my mm-hmm. dad told me I need to achieve more. It's not like if you had one day left on the earth, you wouldn't be like hustling harder you know, <laughs> or a week or a year. It's just as soon as you're confronted with death, it would change a lot. And then the, the next one's like working too hard. And another one, the five main regrets is uh, fear of expressing yourself and saying what you really feel. Another one mm. is not catching up with friends enough. Another one is um, not giving yourself permission to be happy. And all successful men will have all of those regrets if they don't mm. wake up, all of them. And they, 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 they will still probably have the other regret as well that they didn't give their last breath because it's important. Like the standards, it's a drug that never gets actually, you never get a dr- enough of it. So it's like yeah. you would still get to the end of your life and there'd be a dude there that he might be slightly more built or slightly more successful. And you're going to be like, man, I was close, but I didn't get there. And so it's like, it's such a losing battle where that self-worth is attached to the imaginary outcome of some status or 
level of success. And that's what I see with dudes. And so they're so trapped by that. So trapped by that. So trapped. Yeah. Abuse themselves like physically, emotionally, spiritually with their health in their relationships. And then that gets projected onto their close relationships. And um, yeah, this is my reality a couple of years ago or three years mm. ago. I said to my now ex-partner, Danny, like I would never holiday without working for three day, for more than three days ever. <laughs> And I, that was my that was my truth, and she was like, yeah. "The fuck, <laughs> what are you talking about?" I'm <laughs> like, "No, it's just my truth." Sorry, and we ended up breaking up temporarily at that stage because in my head, that was just true. And she was like, "Well, I'm not down for that," and I'm like, "That's good because I need to find a woman that is down for that." And I'm, it's just so messed up. But that was my, <laughs> my truth at that at that yeah. stage. So that's like the the main thing that I see with men, and it shackles them because that's innately insecure. So they're not really confident. So if they can drop that shit, they'll actually succeed more because if you think of like a tradie that's just slaving off every single fucking day, builds like a million dollar business or a 500K business, he's like, boom, boom, boom. And he works 20 years to get to that point. If he took a year off and just got creative, he could make calls and grow the business so much faster with so much more intelligence just by hiring. Like you said, you hired a GM. It's because you know what you want to do and you know what you don't want to do. You know what your genius zone is. Most these dudes don't know. They just do everything because they're so controlling and so scared that they're going to lose what their whole life is dependent upon, that they can't leave it. They can't just fully surrender control. And that's what's going to enable things to grow really quickly. Like Jeff Bezos in Amazon, they've got 750,000 employees. I mean, if he had that same script at that same level, I mean, he'd struggle because you can't fucking control 750,000 people. Because it, it it's all wrapped up in the identity stuff. Even when I had my GM, like hired my GM, I, I for about three days because I'd just come off the back of a launch. I had to like, yeah, you know, because I'd been the one, you know. Even though I had you know a marketing check and a virtual assistant, I was I was still the 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 flag in the ground, the holder of mm. making sure shit happened. You know, I had my pulse on cool. Is the email done? The launches? The this? The this? The this? And now I had to actually go through like for like three days, I kind of grieved that identity. Like Mm. I went through like physical pain because I was like, I actually have to let go now. Like I have to like just, I've hired her so that I can just be in my genius now. And it's like, okay, cool. I trust, I trust. I I get the grieving process. It would be so good if everybody just had a year off. Like even you, me, look, I look at even my partner. You don't even listen to this. I'm just like so he's in that same same you know he's a crusader as well he's so in the mind and trapped yeah. in that identity and it's like if everyone just had a year off and just killed or like tried business another way I think they would just yeah that's such an on point <laughs> like that's so on point because even a week off by yourself without doing anything will bring so much up and I did that I had a week off in Bali and I just after three days that I started crying <laughs> It's just yeah. what I realized I never given myself real permission to, to experience joy. And that took three days of doing nothing. I had no idea that was going to come up. I was thinking this is the most boring holiday ever. Like, why did I get prescribed this piece of homework from a coach? And then um, it just all started coming up because when we're busy, we don't create space for things to come up and we like just keep stuffing down, stuffing down, stuffing down. And then as soon as space is created, things just come up uh, for you to work through. So even a week or a month would be huge for people and whatever there, because not everyone's got the same crap to work through, but whatever is needs does need to be worked through will come up. That's a mm-hmm. on point suggestion. 
Yeah. yeah. And I think also, cause I, I did that to a certain degree. Like I was just doing meditation coursing uh, courses and like maybe working 10 hours a month for at least a year. Just had this little business and then I was kind of, and then transitioning back in when it felt right to business, being in the arena broke, brought a lot up as well. So I feel mm-hmm. like there's the two extremes. There's like cr- complete space and you kind of like monk in the woods and you don't actually, you're not in the arena, so you don't really get triggered based on reality. And then there's, you know, I'm just working so hard and so often and even working like, cause for a man going home and, and being a good partner is also kind of like part of a job. It's like a to-do list. It's a checklist. I want to be good here. I want to be good at work. I want to be good with my health. So everything is so, Crusader. yeah, so <laughs> adrenaline based. Um, yeah. So yeah, having some time off is such an on point. So on point. So I've got a question for you. How do you recommend that people first start transitioning into uh, radical, radical, authentic expression? Like where do they start with that? If there's someone listening going, okay, Ryan, I've seen some of your lives lately. They're pretty off tap. Like mm-hmm. I would not see myself up for that kind of thing, but I kind of want that confidence at the same time and mm-hmm. that freedom. Kezia, I've just stalked your Instagram. You're a badass girl. I can see you just really letting loose. Like I want to get there, but where the hell do I start? And what should, what should the process look like? Like something that's so basic, but is so powerful. It's like, you know, like a journaling thing, like what, like journaling for a week every day, like what am I still doing every day that's not a full body fuck yes? Mm. I'm going to ask myself that question right fucking now. (laughs) I'd say like thinking about how to, I'd say like for me, what's not a full body fuck yes is like still feeling the control around like the standards that I set. Because mm-hmm. I've like I've I've really had a huge, broad like broad brushstroke change in terms of I've ditched I've got a list of like I've got a, a set of five things I love to do and I don't like I do my best not to do anything outside of that I got a PA that helps make sure that doesn't happen and but I spend a lot of time in my head thinking about how to control what the future is going to look like and that just always causes because I'm not in the present it always causes anxiety. Yeah, because I'm not living here and now and doing what I would uh, like. I've I set this prompt up reminder on my phone for every hour. I set set it up uh, this morning. Uh, I got my VA to set it up, and it's like, fuck, what is that? I'm just going to look at it so I can actually get this right. It is how can I open my heart and be of service right fucking now? Mm. And for me, that that is what I love to do. It's like my biggest joy. So every hour, just reminding me of that, and then in the present moment, I'm like freely expressing or like what is the how can i open my heart to be of service right now but i don't i spend a lot of time thinking about how i can control the future and that's one thing that you mentioned you said i do things very like a lot of the time i bounce off the energy of what i'm being guided for so i'll jump into a conversation with a prospect or a client and that might give me an idea for a program what is what does that look like for you like how how have you surrendered control? Have you surrendered control? What does it look like? <laughs> have I surrendered control? <laughs> I feel like I still, you know, parts of myself being a diplomat too is like my number one thing is certainty. So for a diplomat um, in PH360 is certainty, which when I found that out, I was like, oh, I am not certainty because I knew this Tony, 
<laughs> I knew the Tony Robbins lens of like certainty and safety. I'm like, that is not me. But yeah. then my PH360 coach, he goes, no, Kezia, look at you. He's like, I've never met anyone who is more certain about who the fuck they are and where they're going than you. And I'm like, yes, correct. <laughs> that, is <me. laughs> that is me. There and I'm going. Um, so I, I love, I do love, like I've, I've got my, my pillar of my masculine really well. You know, I can, I'm really good. I have to know my diary. I have to know what's happening in my day. And I don't like things to feel, I, I've got this thing called decision fatigue. You know, I don't want to have my head overwhelmed with all of the thoughts because I like mm. to just have things in order that makes me feel like safe and grounded. Mm. Um, am I out of control? I, I, I think the biggest work for me is now really leading into like the receptive of, and, and playing in magic, you know, and we both incorporate a lot more magic into our work. It's like mm. even my last program, literally I barely did any marketing for it and it was really about calling in and I've got my altar specifically set up for this program and I'm really playing in a lot more of like, you know, God and quantum and speaking to the what's possible and just calling these people in. And it's all about my, my basis of my work is about being in my highest vibration. Mm, I love that because my, my new last name is magic online last name. <laughs> and I didn't realize at the time when I said that, but this year, one of my biggest intentions has been to incorporate more, what I call more sacredness in, which is essentially exactly mm. what you're just talking about. So like, for example, doing the podcast episode, I could have been like, all right, I'm going to do this podcast. What are the best questions that I could ask? You know, I'm going to jump on. All right, Kezia, we've got an hour. <laughs> like, I could have seen it more as an achievement thing, like a task to tick off. But instead, we have a great chat. We connect. We, you know, I, I leave it open just to enjoy the conversation, which for me is incorporating and, and do the intention setting in the eye gaze. It's more um, like centered around that. Like I have my crystals around and mm. I'll pull pull like a oracle card just to spice things up and make it fun um <laughs> yeah i'm like way up in that realm and it's it's so true it doesn't take much time um to do and it makes the whole experience completely different it's like one you're in fight or flight and the other one you're in enjoy it's like it is worth it to spend that extra couple of minutes for joy <laughs> Yeah. You know what? I've changed this this year as well, because even when I started my business last year, that this new business, I was still in playing in the old way of do, 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 have to work 14 hour days, have to work this. And and this year is really being in coming into more receptive, more feminine, more surrender. Mm. And, you know, I, I, I value, like I would never have valued space or joy or ritual. Like I was like, now nah, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll work weekends. I'll do this you know, but now it's like, okay, I'll book a podcast, but like I only book clients on these two days. Like I don't just do sales calls on a Saturday because I should. Like I'm like, no, mm -hmm. I don't play that, that game anymore. Like spaciousness and flow is like, I don't want to be rushing to my next appointment. How has it impacted your business results? Massively. As I said, like I didn't have to do barely any marketing for my last program. Mm. My and business... So yeah. So tell us about, <clears throat> so people listening, because this is big, this is big for me as well. Yeah. So you have actually taken your foot off the pedal from mm -hmm. a, from an achievement workaholic perspective, and you have put more time into having space and rituals, sacredness, joy, like just doing shit you like doing and, yeah. and not having to do anything. And it's actually grown your business. Yeah. That's what you're saying. So yeah. <laughs> 
Well, that's fucking crazy. So tell us, <laughs> how do you like why? Why do you think that's happened, and and how has it looked? <clears throat> it's looked, you know, I think from having the salon, I, I the the background for me is that a lot of solopreneurs, especially in this industry, get really scared about because especially if they've never dealt with a lot of money, that they mm. they they still live on like a paycheck to paycheck, week to week mentality. Yes. Where, you know, for me, I know what my basic human <clears> needs <throat> are. And you know, maybe as as I've gotten a bit more, I spend more. But I know that as as soon as I feel the pressure, as I, I put the next hire in. So mm. I'm really confident with stretching into, you know, like the the possibilities. Like, cool, I know that if I've got a general manager, like I can actually have four programs launched the rest of this year and this is my quarterly targets. So then I'm not doing all that behind the scenes work. Um, mm-hmm. That's a big and- goal. That's like a, a really cool thing. I think that comes back down to the choice of business because a business, a business traditionally has one goal and that's profit and everything else feeds into profit. The culture's goal is retention so you have higher profit because you've got less yeah. HR expenses. Everything is based around optimizing for profit. And that's what a business is like traditionally designed for. Is I don't see business the same way anymore. I don't measure my business based on profit. Profit. Because it's not I, I don't compartmentalize my life as much anymore. I don't think, yeah. okay, cool. So the business is profit and I work really hard so that I can do this. It's like I do my business for joy. Like I choose the activities and I'm spending the time in my business like this podcast because I fucking want to do it. And if I made no money for the rest of my life, I'd still choose to do this. And then if I died tomorrow, I still won. If I don't make money, I've still won because I'm living my dream life now. And the money doesn't, yeah. even though the money is liberating and it's still important, I don't want to disregard the, the, the beauty of that. But on the same token, it's not as important as what it was before. Money is just a resource from source for us to carry out our soul's mission. Mm. Say That's it again. Money say is. say money, that one more time. Money is just a resource from source for us to carry out our soul's mission. We don't own money. It's not ours. Yes. It's always just flowing through us. Yes. So when you, you receive it, it's like, okay, cool. I've just made some money. It's not mine to hold on to that I need to. And if I don't, I'm screwed. It's like you've been gifted this money so you can be of more service. And as soon as you start, because I felt this because sometimes I've done it, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to hold on to this. I'm going to put it to the side. And then all of a sudden the actual business starts dropping a little bit. Yeah. I just, everything for me looks like expansion. My love is expansive. Like even with Logan, I I told him the first night I met him that I loved him Mm -hmm. because I just, all the work that I've done, sexuality and relating and love and business, it's like I have the more I give, the more I'm just receiving as well. I've really worked on my receiving. Mm. And so, you know, every like, you know, I'm just so, I'm so open with my heart, but I still yeah. have my boundaries. But I'm like, every time I see that little stripe payment come in and I'm like, oh, thank you, money. I love you. Thank you for allowing me to you know, have my soul's mission. I appreciate you. And, and I just had the intention that the right opportunities, you know, I'm like looking at ways to diversify now and, you know, to build my wealth. And my wealth is just so that I can fulfill out my philanthropy goals and, you know, have my, which is my mission. My whole life is my mission. hundred million fully self-expressed women. That's how I view everything. Yeah. And that's like, why is a really big distinct thing to, to highlight there. You know, it's yeah. like now I'm setting up a portfolio, but you know why I'm doing it to help my f- philanthropic goals. And it's just like, cool. 
the why is important. Because for me, if I don't have a why, I just can't. I, I just don't do things. In fact, mm-hmm. like I'm such like a big picture sort of person. If some, if one of the teams is like, "Hey, can you do this and do this?" If I don't understand why, I just can't, like, I can't even get myself. Even if it's something small, like, "Hey, just respond to this person." I'm thinking, how does that fit into what we're doing? Like, do I actually have to do this? Like, why do I have to do it? And then once I understand why, it's like, okay, cool, boom. Then I'll do it. So the why is like so important for me. Yeah. Something yeah. Came, like my, the very last interview that I did was with a, a relationship coach and dating coach who was saying um, the importance of taking things slow when you start dating someone. Then you're talking about saying, I love you on the first date. And the reason why I think <laughs> you can, why that's completely above board, who is to determine that no one can choose keys is board, but um, but the reason I think that can be really empowering for you is because you're willing to trust and ride the whole wave, meaning that if the wave's high and you embrace the height, if, it, when it, if, if and when or whatever it crashes, you also embrace the crash. You're not, you're not so fucking attached to it that if it was to, like, for example, if you and Logan were to become less relevant together in a romantic partnership, you'd also embrace that. Um, which uh, like it sounds, uh, it's just fucking awesome. It's it's really rare, and it's 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 a great sign of freedom, because um, you're not stuck in your head going, if this doesn't work, I'm screwed. It's like I'm actually going to leave this up to the universe to see what happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's just it's so magic because it's like everything just works. And I just always, my intention is every day is just like, show me the way, show me the way, show me the way. And I'm just being led. It's like, you know, the third level of consciousness is like working through me. Yes. And so nothing like you can, you know, you can take everything from me. Like if Mm. God chooses to take everything from me, I'm like, cool. That's my lesson. Mm. It's such an empowering way to live because you find the gift in everything. Yeah. So amazing. So, one thing I just want to get some more practical tips from for, for you just because it's your, what I see is your genius and one thing you're just a, an amazing, powerful leader with, and that is your ability to express radically, authentically, mm. radical authenticity. And you mentioned like, <clears throat> I said, what does it look like for you? You said, cool, I'm hiring people every time I feel kind of like, uh, all right, maybe I'm crossing questions here. I'm just going to ask a question. So just go blank canvas. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> So blank canvas. Happens to me all the time. Yeah, appreciate it. So blank canvas is what would you recommend that a listener or a viewer do if they want to become more radically authentic? <clears throat> so yeah, writing down the full body fuck yes things and what seeing and yeah. yeah, what isn't a full body fuck yes because you'll start to really look at your whole life around areas that you're doing things that you just are doing questioning everything question your shoulds questioning why do i have um why do i go to the play basketball with this guy and he because he constantly just puts me down all the time and questions me like mm. oh and and so you're, you're starting like and i guess for me that and the tangible things is like for your full expression and see the thing is is that i think sometimes people get a little bit because for me i am very loud and expressed yeah. You know, so sometimes people go, oh, I don't, my self-expression doesn't look like that. And it's, and that's perfect. Like it's not to Mm. look like mine. I think 
your self-expression is that you feel so confident in knowing who you are and that you have ultimate boundaries around your time and where you spend it. Because mm-hmm. for you, when you first started to be your radically authentic self, it did look like, hey, I'm going to do this live sharing this big vulnerability or I'm going to emo- like express my emotions on a live and, and break down and cry or I'm going to say this thing that I'm holding shame around. But for someone else, their radical authentic expression could be saying no to playing basketball with that guy or saying or or stop going to the gym because you've been told that's what you should do and and take up a pole dancing class or start a sport that you really love to play that's going to actually allow you to have the same physical fitness but you're going to love doing it yes that is that's a really beautiful distinction it's almost like getting a fine tooth comb over your whole life Mm. and really seeing like where you're still doing things that are not because if you don't feel here's what I've been like journeying because I always you know you know how you get obsessed with your own work it's like <laughs> why why am I comfortable with being so fully expressed mm. because I believe you need to hold a level of safety you know and I, I don't believe that we can anyone can make us feel safe like I don't outsource my safety I know in a lot of the work there's like this level of you need to provide a safe container but I, I don't actually <sighs> believe in my perception that you can ever hold someone in full safety like we've that's about bringing yourself up to it but the reason I feel safe to be in my full expression is because I've got me Mm. so 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 getting a fine tooth comb over your whole life means that you're really like like if I wasn't if you didn't know me and you were projecting and I was being my full self and you were projecting your shit at me like you're projecting, oh, you're a lot or you're too much or you you say weird things. Mm. Like then my, if I didn't have me in that moment, then I would be like, I would dial myself down and my expression would go down. Mm. So when you say, if I didn't have me, you're saying, if I didn't know myself and own myself at the highest level, then I might actually not have enough clarity on the fact that that's my authentic self to then actually take that on because I didn't already, I didn't know that that was my authentic self. So when they questioned it, I also questioned it. And then I dealt my lot. Yeah. Amazing. Love. So I, I, I think full expression is about like, yeah, like literally finding out who you are. Like it's going to take a long time. You're going to have to like break down every belief system that you think you know about yourself and, and do all the profiling and do all the things and, to really give yourself more permission so that, and, and to hold your, your boundaries. Yeah. And one thing, like one thing that came up for me there is if you, if there's any part of yourself that you're scared has to change or that you, you kind of like someone says, Oh, maybe you shouldn't do this. And then it really freaks you out. You found yourself in an attachment or an identity where, so say for, for, for me, when, (laughs) <laughs> I was doing a lot of work with a meditation teacher, Laura Poole, who was incredible. She got me on my meditation journey. Thanks to my ex-partner, Danny, recommending that I did this course. And she was like, you know, for example, Ryan, like, what if you didn't run your business? And I was like, motherfucker, you say what? <laughs> <laughs> Not run my business. It's like, I would never shut this business down. And that was a truth for me at that point. It was like, I would never this is my whole life 
And that was true for me then. It was my whole life. <laughs> and it was an impossibility. And so yeah. I feel like a lot of people that are listening, if there's something that for you is an impossibility that it wasn't there, that's when it's healthy to look at that and actually potentially, and it's up to you, you can make the discerning call on it, but to create some space away from it so that you can learn to love yourself unconditionally and then reincorporate it because it's still you, but in a way that's without those mega attachments and that mega control and that identity being enthralled and wrapped around it. Yeah. Do you agree with that or do you? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I I think anything that, you know, I love and I know you're, you're you're the same. It's like the reason I believe we've become really incredibly powerful leaders is because we're willing to face off with all the things that scare us. Mm, yes and you know for, if anyone listening if it's like they're wanting to step into that confidence it's like you've got to move in you know in the level of consciousness scale it's like moving from neutrality to courage you know mm. so courage Emotional is the key chart. yeah yeah david yeah. hawkins it's like courage is the key to moving beyond fear yeah that, that's that first jump you yes. know so just like highlighting people like just just take the first step and so yeah. now, you know, we love to stretch ourselves into as much courage as possible because we know that every yeah. time we do it, that we're, this is the game playing now. We're just testing the universe. So we're like, okay, I'm going to speak in front of this or I'm going to get naked in front of these people. Or, and then we just like our nervous system just goes, okay, because it's all about holding your nervous system. Like, okay, I'm safe. Yeah. <sighs> I can breathe. Yeah. I'm safe. So yes. it's for people out there, if you're just, you're, that fear is becoming you, just lean into that courage, just keep leaning in and just, yes. you know, the more you test, the more you're just going to feel safe. Yeah. I love that. And that's such a, that, that, for, when you say that's the first step, like it really is because it is such a big step and you don't, when you're in that, like when you're in that stage before you've actually been able to harness the courage to take the step, it's, it feels so much more difficult than once you've taken the first step. Yeah. The second step's so much easier. And once you've taken the second step, the third step's easier because you start to, your nervous system's starting to adapt, number one. <clears throat> but number two, um, you're also building evidence intellectually to recognize that when you do it, something that feels empowering is going to come from it. Whereas when you haven't done it for a while or you've never really been super courageous, then you, it's like <laughs> it doesn't make sense to go through so much discomfort and pain for something you don't even know is going to yield a, an empowering return or a positive return or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Well, I would love to honor you right now, Kezia. I've got one more question, but first I want to honor you okay. for being – I want to honor you for being Kezia Lee because that is you are incredible and you are yourself and you you really are incredible and Aww. regardless of what your interests or personality type or insert 20 other surveyed <laughs> <laughs> things are you are yourself and that is the biggest gift that anyone could ever give and it's the most powerful form of embodied leadership and you really just from that place of wholeness can bring so much love to your clients so much love to the people that engage and follow your stuff because it's real because you're actually being yourself and i just love that about you so thank you for being you Kezia, and thank you for coming on today i really appreciate it where would you like to where would you personally mm. like to direct people to follow your work 
Um, so yeah, you can follow me on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, I also, I have an incredible, if you're a woman and you're listening to this, I have an incredible, um, group called magic women's business. So, um, I, maybe Ryan, I can send him the link to that. Um, but yeah, that's got like 800 women. I share lots of tips and magic tricks and all that little juicy stuff as well. Awesome. Love that. So Kezia Lee, is that (laughs) your... Is that how to fact yep. on Insta? It's Kezia Lee. Yep. Kezia Lee everywhere. Beautiful. So K double E Yep. Amazing. Yep. So I really want to encourage everyone to, because Insta is where we post the most of these and we'll post some mini clips and stuff of this episode to jump on Insta and follow Kezia Lee and then send her a message and tell her, what you got from the interview. Just if you want to drop a thank you or a, or a love heart or just do it, connect with, with Kezia. And I recommend this for all of my uh, guests and in interviews because a lot of people think, well, you know, this person's on a podcast. They're obviously really busy, blah, 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 blah. But you can connect. And it's like we have massive that. respect and admiration for people that connect with us. So please do it. Connect with Kezia. Send her a message or a question. She might do a live on it. Um, yeah. Awesome. So I've got one more question and that is if someone was to come to you and you weren't mm-hmm. allowed to know, and I'm going to say you actually can't even see them and their voices like Deco. So you don't know if it's a man or a woman. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know anything about them, but they've come to you and you can't even see them, but they've said, I'm going to give you a million dollars. And actually I'm going to give you a million dollars. I hand you a briefcase with a million dollars in it. And you're like, oh yeah, sweet. And they're like, I just, I, I only want one thing from you. And what I want is what you would consider to be the blank canvas, neutrally most powerful piece of advice or practice or tool that you could possibly give me. And I want to value what you know at the highest level at a million dollars. So what would you choose to give to that anonymous stranger? So a tip for them. Tip, tool or resource or any something specific. <laughs> that you would say is the most powerful thing that, that you could teach or give to them? Mm-hmm. So many. Um, what's come to me is like to forgive your parents. Wow. I love that. So potent and specific. Can you explain a little bit about that? You're like, no, nah, that's what you get for a million. <laughs> <laughs> no. Just nope. to, to really, you know, the biggest work and journey that I have done through losing, the, losing my mum and, and not having the best relationship at this time with my father. But, you know, these two humans brought you into this world. And so if you can just see the human and the little child in them and forgive them, I promise you that your life will continue to unravel in the best fucking possible way. If you just heal that relationship. I love that. And pretty much all of who we are in terms of our personalities, our shit, our traumas come from our parents as well. Our belief systems, a map of the world, like everything. Yeah. Um, so that's a, that can be a really tough one for people, but very liberating. Thank you for sharing that. And I know like with, with my mom, you know, a million dollars is not going to bring her back. So mm. if someone needs to hear this right now, it's like, Make the effort. Can you say that last bit again? Massive effort. Ma- like make the effort. Make the effort. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. 
Amazing, Kezia. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I've had an absolute blast. Love you. Me too. Love you too. See ya. See ya. <laughs> thank you for tuning into the Ryan Magic Show, you absolute legend. Before you go, I've got a quick question for you. Have you thought about hiring a new coach to help you grow your life and your business? If the answer is yes, then shoot me a message on Instagram. I've got some exciting new coaching courses launching and I'm actually looking at bringing on a couple more one-to-one clients at the moment. So shoot me a message on Instagram. My Insta handle is TheRyanMagic and I can't wait to chat to you and I can't wait to see you guys on the next episode.